This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just so thankful to be with you today. You know, we're, we're going into this, this extreme busy uh, holiday season, Christmas season, and I don't know about you, but every year, I know it's coming, right? We all know it's coming, but I don't know about you, but are you ready? Because I'm certainly not. I am not ready. So I'm having to get up super early, and I'm staying up late, and I'm tired beyond tired. And, you know, I always talk about being present in the present and to give the present of your presence. And so when I'm fighting this battle of wanting to give gifts and to just show my love through gift giving and time and all of those things, I just find that I'm getting more and more and more wound up and stressed. Can you relate? So I just want to take a moment right now to give you the moment to just breathe in, breathe out, and just realize that your presence is the most important thing of all. That if we can just take the time to express how much we love this person, how much we love our time together, how much we appreciate and are thankful and grateful for the moments that we spend or that we talk on the phone or that we just need to express our um, feelings. It just is so intimate and so important. When I'm thinking about gifts to give and, you know, oh, I have to, you know, it's like you put a dollar value on it as if that's going to matter as far as the value you place on that relationship. And it really can't compute because there's no way of putting enough value on a gift that would measure up to the value you place on that relationship. And the reason I say this is because the real true value is to build more memories, to build more um, understanding and uh, intimacy with those that we draw near and that we feel comfortable with and we talk to at a different level that you talk to people that you're just on a, a different frequency. You know, it's like you have levels of relationships and the deeper you go, the harder they can hurt. I know that too. So I'm just giving you the freedom to think again about what you're doing how you're doing, why you're doing, when you're doing, where you're doing, and make it count. Make it significant. Make your moments count. The Sue Free Show is about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And when I was asked to do this show 14 years ago, I'm like, okay, how am I going to do that? Because I'm already working 16-hour days in my day job. And what am I going to talk about? And then what am I going to call it? So I was real original when I came up with the Sue Free Show. Sue Free spelled like fries when we're dot com. Uh, and talking about, I'm I am amazed, surprised, but then not really that I've had 14 years on the air, and that I always have content. I always have something to talk about. And the reason is is because. And, and this is a message for you, is that the more vulnerable, the more transparent you can be, you know, find safe places to do it. But the more you can be this way, the more you show your inside, you show your vulnerability, you show your story that can actually help somebody else. 
when talking about like God's love and how do we show it, one way we show it is by being kind. Are you kind? There's a difference, isn't there, between nice and kind? Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. Being kind not only fills our soul, but builds other people up. We can build lasting relationships and help people with kind words and actions. Remember, being kind in what you do is just as important as being kind in what you say, and the reverse is also true. So ask yourself, are you kind? Could you be more kind? Are there occasions where um, something else gets a hold of you? I know that I fall short. I do. I fall short. And then it's up to me what I'm going to do about that. As the Lord reveals to me, and this is good for you too, is as the Lord reveals to you um, an arena where you've reacted and maybe not responded with kindness, it's a good time to just take a second to apologize, to regroup, and uh, figure out how you can, you know, mend whatever might have been injured. Another way of showing God's love, and uh, in this season especially, is to be hospitable. Isaiah 58, 7, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. When we have plenty, it is our calling to give to those we feel led to. Walking in the Spirit means listening when he calls us to bless another person. Blessing someone does not always mean money, but it can also mean bringing them into your home and loving on them. I've done this in the past. You know, I've, the holidays are a, are a wonderful, loving, warm, and inviting, cozy, hallmark moment sometimes. But there's other times where there's lonely people, there's, and it's a depressing, more than normal, depressing time. If we've lost a loved one, we miss them more during this time. If we were married and now we're not married uh, for whatever reason, if we had children in the home and now we're empty nesters, there are all these things that go on where we've lost a loved one that, that no longer is present in this memory that we find so fondly and we feel so warmly about. It's a tough time, isn't it? And these people, and at times it's been me, it's so wonderful when we can come alongside somebody else and fill that void for that person as much as we can. You know, we can't take the place of another loved one, but we can at least make that person feel loved and celebrated and valued with God's love. So if that's you, you know, whatever whatever side you're on, the giving or the receiving side, there's no positive or negative there other than we can make it a positive experience just by being aware that there's people that need maybe you to be the light in the darkness. I've met uh, this person, and this person is a very giving and kind person. And I just see him and how he responds to situations. And it really, um, I don't know, it's taught me something that I needed to learn. And um, it's a good thing. But I've taught him, too, that forgiveness is so important. And, you know, we can be tough. We can be really tough and just say, forget it. You know, I don't want anything to do with that situation. I just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. 
But you've heard me talk about forgiveness in the past, and you've heard me talk about that you're not hurting the other person. You're only hurting yourself. And this is true right here, right now, and this might be you that's listening right now that has unforgiveness in your heart. And what time better than now to be released of that, to take that bitterness root out of you and to free it so that you can be free? Because that holding on to that unforgiveness, God talks about it, but it doesn't hurt this other person. This other person doesn't care or doesn't even know. So what, who is it hurting? It's hurting you. So we need to let that out, let it, let it be gone. And the only way you can do that is by getting your head, not in your heart, make a, a head decision to, uh, to forgive this person even though they don't deserve it. And once you do that, I will tell you that there is this, there's this um, freedom. It's like the ball and chain is broken. And you can be freed of this and you can move forward in whatever God has for you. When we have plenty, it is our calling to give to those we feel led to. Walking in the Spirit means listening when He calls us to bless another person. Blessing someone does not always mean money, but can also mean bringing them into your home and loving on them. I wanted to say that again because walking in the Spirit is listening in the Spirit. I'll tell you a little story, and this is not to pat me on the back, and I've already been given the joy of the giving, and I will say I was in a Denny's with a friend of mine. And there was this lady there, and I don't think she, she spoke English. She was a Spanish speaker. And she's sitting there, and she was sitting there a long time. I kept thinking she was waiting for another person. But I, she ended up sitting at a table by herself. But I came out of the restroom, and I couldn't find where my friend was sitting. So she looked at me. She kind of waved me down a little bit, and she pointed to where my friend was sitting. And afterwards, I, I went to the restroom, and, I, and in the restroom, the Lord just said, you know, give her some money. And I went, okay, how much? And he told me how much. And so I took the money out of my purse. I walked up to her. I handed it to her, and I said, the Lord, the Lord told me to give this to you. She just said, oh, oh, like that. And she took the money, and I said, God bless you, and I walked away. And I felt so good in the giving of that. And I felt like I was listening to the Lord. And maybe you have opportunities like that to do something like that. It's minor. It's not a big deal. But boy, the joy is in the giving. So another thing you can do is to be a good listener. Are you a good listener? Be a listener. Be quick to listen and slow to speak, James one nineteen says. Everyone has heard the saying, we have two ears and one mouth. So we should listen twice as much as we talk. But this is so true, isn't it? We love to say what we think, and sometimes we don't even think before we say. Listening intentionally does not only make someone else feel heard, but also loved. God listens to us, so let's try to emulate him by listening to others. Man, that is so true. Do you ever have anybody where you're talking to and they, they, they uh, just over-talk you, they talk over you? And they don't even listen to what you're saying. They've already got an answer before they've even heard what you had to say. Um, That's so annoying to me. Is it annoying to you? And maybe that's me. Maybe I do that. And I think I do. I think there's sometimes I get excited and I think I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. And I am guilty of this. And I know how much it bugs me. So I really have to make a conscious effort to not do that to other people. Another thing is to be honest. You know, um, I, I tell my children this, that if you don't have trust in a marriage, you don't have a marriage. 
If you don't have trust in a relationship, you really don't have a relationship. What what do you have to hold on to? If you cannot trust this person that you call friend or call husband or call wife, if you don't have trust, what do you have? I Boy, I, I'm telling you, you've got to have trust. So how important is it that we be a person of our word? How important is it that we say what we mean and mean what we say? How important is it that we tell the truth and not lie? And it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as a white lie. There's no such thing as gray area in this. There really isn't. Truth is truth. Second Corinthians 8.21, For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. Honesty is always the best policy. Sometimes it hurts, doesn't it, to tell the truth. Sometimes you know that you're going to hurt somebody or you're going to get somebody mad at you, but it's still better to tell the truth. So saying goes, being honest and truthful is not only a principle we should follow as Christians, but also one that the world execs, execs us to follow expects us to follow. As the verse says, we are taking pains to do what is right. Jesus, because something is right, does not mean it is easy. Most of the time, it is actually harder to do what is right than to fall into sin. Every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God will listen to all your worries, and he cares about your heart. Let him be the one that carries your burdens. You can also help others, but carry their burdens with them. The last one that I have on this list right here is to be intentional. Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have choices in my life. In fact, every second of every day, I think we have choices. And we have a choice of doing right, wrong, and maybe one is more right. It's not right or wrong, but one is more right than the other. God has placed dreams into your heart, not just so you can daydream about them, but that you could pursue them. God has a unique plan for your life that he is shaping each and every day. And it is your job to walk in it and to seek his will for your life. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? I hope you are, because it's important that we follow what God is wanting to do in our lives. You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. And I'm just here to, to just say to you that this season, we can make it different. We can make it better than it's ever been before. And it takes thought process and it thinks heart process. It's like, what's going to make the most difference in those that we come in contact with this season? What are we going to do different? Giving a gift is good. There's nothing wrong with giving gifts. In fact, it's very thoughtful. Some of those thoughtful gifts are just very, very close in my heart. It's a very thoughtful gift. But the gift of our heart and verbalizing how we feel and what we think is, is just very important. So I want to say this. As we walk along this wondrous way of collaboration with the Spirit, let us remember that the Holy Spirit is not a force that compels us but a gentle guide. We don't want to quench the spirit, do we? We don't. In conclusion, dear listeners, let us bask in the luxury of being fully understood and unconditionally loved by the creator of the universe. 
you might not even understand all of this, but I'm planting a seed right now, and hopefully the Lord can let it grow. Um, I'm called to just plant a seed, and I'm called to, to let you know that um, I, I am a testimony. I am a witness to what God can do um, through our rubble, through all the things that we've done wrong, things that have wronged us, that we still can come out okay on the other side of that. I am a testament, a living testimony of God's love and God's grace. And his love and his grace is available, and he is longing to have it and be it with you. So practice basking in this truth by speaking kindly to yourself. How often do we speak unkindly to ourselves? Oh, gosh, that was so stupid. How could I be so dumb? You know, those types of things. Do you ever say those things? I do, and I have to cut it off, and I have to stop saying it. Recognizing God's knowledge. He has a lot more knowledge. He's a lot more wise than I could ever be or you could be. And um, focusing on that and understanding his knowledge is, is important to um, our choices moving forward. We don't know what we don't know, and what we don't know can and does hurt us. So it's important we get the knowledge so that we can make more intelligent or wise decisions. God sees you as a washed clean by the blood of Jesus. That's the way he sees you. There was a time in my life, and I'll just be vulnerable and real with you, where I felt unworthy to receive what God had for me. I felt unworthy to receive love from the people around me because I just was shamed. I, I, I just felt unworthy. And it wasn't until the Lord came into my heart to where I feel like I felt his love, his unconditional love, his unconditional and loving grace to where I was washed clean, white as snow, to where I could receive everything that he had for me that he created me for so that I could move forward and be sitting here talking to you on the radio right now. Remembering you are clothed in righteousness and collaborating with the Spirit. Boy, these are big things, and it might be more than you can understand right now, but that's okay. It's okay to not understand all of this because he reveals himself. He reveals himself in a way that is so loving and so kind, and he gives you that forgiveness that he's asking you to give other people and um, circumstances. And I'm just encouraging you, even though it could be painful and it could be something that you've got strength from um, through your hurt and your pain, that it can cause you to just stay there because it's more protective than if you release it and you open that up. It is like a wound, yes, and, and you know, you could bleed a little bit. But in this process, you will become better. You know, I had a, uh, a, I broke my leg, and they had to cut me open, and they had to put a metal plate and 10 pins in my leg. Now, during this time, um, spiritually, I, I felt like God had me, but I felt emotionally drained. Physically, I was totally drained. I had to take drugs and pain pillars and, and stuff, and I was uh, physically not in a position of um, strength. I was in a position of weakness and having to rely on other people. And during this time, God worked on me. He worked on me, and he helped me see things from a different perspective. Now, we could say, why did God allow that to happen? I wouldn't have changed a thing because I wouldn't be as empathetic. I wouldn't be as sympathetic. I wouldn't be as understanding to people in wheelchairs or on crutches. I understand what it's like to walk that walk or wheel that wheel, as they say. Um, I understand what it's like. 
mine was temporary. There's people that are in wheelchairs, and you might be listening to me right now, that are, that are life wheelchair people. And I make a point to say, hello, how are you doing? How did that happen? What's the situation? If I hadn't been there, I, pro- I don't know if I would have felt as comfortable opening up conversation in the elevator or holding the door or, you know, making sure that they had enough room because I've been there. I know what that's like. Going uphill and, and doing a wheelchair uphill is not the easiest thing in the world to do. I did it. And having brakes is important, even on a walker. To have brakes on a walker is an important thing. Those that have not been in a walker don't understand that whole situation. And I loved my little seat on my walker because I got tired. And I knew that I, I needed to have a walker that had brakes and it had a seat. I also loved having a little bar that I could put my coffee cup that had a little handle on it so that I could actually do my own coffee. I could make my coffee. I could... I could carry my coffee with me by hanging it on the little metal bar on my walker. So why is that important? The only reason I bring this up is because it's a new awareness that I have that if I hadn't gone through it, I wouldn't have it. God has all those awarenesses. He understands all of that. And he loves us through it all. And he loved me through it all. And he gave me the courage He gave me the people that I needed in the time I needed it. He gave me time to write a book called Learning to Breathe. And it's a a good book, and it's out there, and, um, you know, it's a a really wonderful book. But anyway, that's a side note. I always wanted to write a book, but I didn't think I'd ever have enough time to do it, and I did. So how prepared are you for this holiday season? Are you prepared? What are you going to do different this year? That's going to set the stage for the following year to come and the year after that and the year after that. What significant changes can you make in your life? You know, you are where you are, okay? It's like that map. And it says you are here. And then you have where you want to go. Do you know where you want to go? First of all, you got to know where you are and then where you want to go. And then from that, you map out the course. And even though we map out our course, God has a plan for us. And your plan and God's plan It could be different, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a plan because nothing happens without motion. I've learned that. And it can be the smallest of motion, but God moves with motion. So we have to be moving. I tell people that are depressed and they're in their bed, you know, please just get up, take a shower, just get yourself out of bed. If you're not feeling well, start thinking about the things that you can be thankful for. And no matter what you're going through, there's things that we can be thankful for. Be thankful. Give, give gracious love to those that you can. Make a phone call. Reach out. Reach out to somebody. And you know you don't know where they're at. You know where you're at, but you don't know where they're at. So, you know, check in. Check in with people. Find out where they're at. And you will find that there'll be some joy in relationship. So God bless you, be a blessing, and we'll get ready for part two right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
Hi, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's Sue, F-R-I-E-S dot com, SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. Cola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that we could be in this together. And if you are needing a termite or pest control company or thinking about insulation or rodent exclusion, give Ecola a call and they'll be happy to take care of you. They are hiring. They need people. They want qualified, quality people that have clean driving records and that are athletic. Uh, and if that fits uh, the the if that fits you or you know somebody that is looking for a career, not a job, then we are available for you. And Ecola has offices from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo. So no matter where you hear this, no matter what, get in touch with those people that you're thinking about and let them know about us. Uh, we are a growing company. We, we're, we've been rated uh, top 100 in North America in the pest control industry. So we're growing. We're moving and a shaking. So that's a good thing. All right. I'm going to read from a book that I love and that I give as gifts quite often. It's Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence, Sarah Young. Sarah Young just went to be with the Lord. And this book will go on. Um, It's a legacy she's left. And I tell you, it's so amazing. I read this. I haven't read this before I came in here, and I'm reading it now. And it so goes with the current today message. And every single time I read it, it it just speaking directly to me. And I'm hoping it speaks directly to you. When you are plagued by a persistent problem, one that goes on and on, view it as a rich opportunity. An ongoing problem is like a tutor who's always by your side. The learning possibilities are limited only by your willingness to be teachable. In faith, thank me for your problem. Ask me to open your eyes and your heart to all that I am accomplishing through this difficulty. 
Once you have become grateful for a problem, it loses its power to drag you down. On the contrary, your thankful attitude will lift you up into heavenly places with me. This is Jesus talking to you. From this perspective, your difficulty can be seen as a slight temporary distress that is producing for you a transcendent glory never to cease. Boy, isn't that encouraging? So here's some scripture that go with that, because I like to give scriptures sometimes. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's Isaiah thirty twenty. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations of vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Second Corinthians 4.17 momentary affliction. You know, our affliction can last more than a moment. But with God's timing, things like my leg, my broken leg, I talked about in part one, it went on six months for healing. And then after that, I had to be very careful about the bone. With 10 pins in it, it made the bone itself weak. And I had to be careful on what I could do um, and how much stress I put on that bone until that bone, um, you know, filled in where the pins were. They took the pins out after so long, and then the bone had to recreate bone, and it happened pretty quickly, but it still, it was weaker at that time because of the holes put in the bone. And how many times during our life do we feel weakened by things that have happened to us in our affliction? But God's there to fill in those holes. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us in our, our walk so that we can uh, make you know wiser decisions and to be guided by by Him. Uh, some of you listening right now might not even understand what I'm talking about right now. You don't have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And all I can say is is that he's there for you. He's not going to grab you. He's a gentleman. And he's waiting for you to look up, to reach up, to ask him into your heart. And when you do that, he will be there. And he will meet you right where you are. I have people, friends and, and uh you know, people that I know, and they're saying, you know, I need to clean up my act before I can do this. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you know, I'm drinking a little more than I should drink, or I'm cussing more than I should cuss, or I'm, you know, I've got an addiction, or I've got, I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. And uh, what God says is that I will love you and receive you without judgment. I'm going to love you right where you are. And what he does is he strengthens you to be able to not even desire those things that you right now desire. He can give you the strength to say, you know what, that doesn't just do anything for me anymore. And I've seen this so many times in my life with, with people that I've talked to where they they just made the decision to receive the Lord into their heart and their lives. And then what happened is God kind of changed their mind and their heart to where they didn't want those things. They didn't need those things anymore. So I'm hoping and praying and believing in that for you if you want it. You know, if you want it, God wants to have a relationship with each and every one listening right now. And so um, I'm on the air. Um, I love country music and I love Christian music. Those are the two areas where I listen. My, my dials are on Christian and country, Christian and country. I love Christmas music. 
some better than ever uh, other other songs, but um, I love Christmas music and I love Christmas. Christ must more Christ. That's what Christmas is more Christ. So with that being said, <clears throat> um, I'm talking about embracing joy, especially in the holiday season. We need to embrace joy because sometimes our afflictions, our pain, our our situations are just less than they're they're really weighing on us, and and it's heavy. It's heavy, very heavy, and sometimes we just need to ha- be lightened up, and the joy of the Lord be your strength. And not always is that easy, but he makes it a lot easier. So here's a scripture. For it is you who light my lamp, the Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. If you if you have an imagination and you read that scripture, how does that imagery of God being a lamp and turning darkness into light resonate with your personal experiences or understanding of faith. See, King David composed this psalm in gratitude for God's deliverance from his enemies and challenges. In our lives, even when darkness surrounds us, God's light can guide us and his strength empowers us to overcome obstacles. Listen, personally, I've had this happen so many times and I know he's there and all I have to do is ask him. He says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. And he is there. All we have to do is ask. And I love that. This verse affirms that God not only illuminates our path, but provides the strength needed to face adversities positively. Listen, ask yourself right now. You probably don't even have to ask. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Adversity. You have no idea what I'm going through right now. And you're right. I don't. But I know someone that does. And he gives you strength if you affirm him to get through these things and to do it positively. In challenging times, it may feel like facing an army or trying to leap over insurmountable walls. This verse assures us that God provides the strength to navigate and overcome these obstacles. Is that what you want? Do you want to navigate in strength? and overcome these obstacles. If you do, then this is the key, is you have to, you don't have to, but if you desire this, it's, it's imperative that you believe and that you see things differently and that you can see light at the end of the tunnel and believe that something new, fresh, anointed is going to happen in your life. And when you can open up your belief system Because I have found with my employees, with people that I know, is that they have a belief. We all have a belief system that we make decisions and choices based on our belief system. And what you believe you will achieve, good or bad, what you believe you will achieve. And our belief system is our reality, but is it reality? It's our reality, but is it really reality? So divine illumination, the holiday season may accentuate darkness for some, whether due to loss or difficult circumstances. Yet this verse reminds us that God's light can pierce through even the darkest situation, bringing clarity and hope. Who wants clarity and who wants hope? I want both. How about you? It's... 
I always ask the Lord for clarity. I want him to give me discernment to know right from wrong, to know the right choice versus the, you know, the right-er choice, you know, the one that's even better choice. Because sometimes it's not a right and wrong choice. It just could be, this is a good choice. This is a great choice. And what are we basing that on? Our belief system? Maybe. Uh, What's our goals in our lives? Whenever we're making decisions, we need to be clear on what it is we're trying to accomplish. Now, I've learned this the hard way, but I've learned this, is that if our goal is peace, we need to choose our battles wisely, don't we? We need to choose our battles. You know, it's not, um, if you have a lawsuit, if there's a legal battle going on, even though you know you're right, you know that you, there is, you did everything right, but there's still this person on the other side saying, nope. You didn't do it right. Not according to me, you didn't do it right. Or I think I can make money on this, so therefore I'm going to go for it anyway. And in that case, we have decisions to make. Is it worth fighting it? Is it? In the long scheme of things, how much is your time worth? How much is your uh, sanity worth? But then on the other hand, is it a right and wrong thing where you're going to fight to the bitter end because it's the matter of, you know, your integrity, uh, not pride, but integrity. And how important is it that your integrity be intact? So what is your goal in life, in relationship with your children? What's the goal? You know, God says to train them up in the way they shall go and they will not depart from it. So when you're training them, you're training them to make right decisions over not right decisions, right? You're training them on how to think better, wiser, Uh, being a good steward, being a good servant. These are things we teach our children. You know, the value of money, making sure that, um, you know, delay gratification. That was a big one. Um. Just everything that we do, we need to think about the big goal, the goal, you know, the prize, running the race to win the prize. Well, what's the prize? What's the goal? What is the desire of our heart? What are we going for? And how are we getting there? It's very important that we evaluate our lives and what is important to us. You know, I have family members right now that are not married, and I'm saying to them, we need to be writing down what's important in a relationship. What's, what's the most important things? What are the non-negotiables? You know, would you want to be with somebody that smoked? Would you want to be with somebody that had an addiction? Would you want to be with somebody that uh, didn't believe you did uh, with, with your Lord? Uh, is that somebody you would want to be in relationship with? These are questions that we need to ask before you get into a situation, you want to have some of this baseline. When I was parenting, when my children were young, I found that um, everything was age appropriate. When I was disciplining, I had to be ahead of things that were coming to be. You know, keeping the keys from a kid that's 14 is not the same as if they're 16 and have a car in the driveway. You know, you can use that as a tool of discipline. Um, but you can't do that when they're 13. Uh, They're not there yet. So everything is age appropriate. So as we're growing up our children, we need to be thinking ahead of the time we're in. What the least scenario, the the worst scenario that would happen right now, how would we handle this and be ahead of it? Not have to think on the fly, but be ahead of it. In work, same thing. 
what are the consequences? What are the natural consequences for this action? And if we think about the natural consequences, it will make more sense to everybody involved. If we don't do that, and we just say, oh, well, I'm going to do this because I know this means a lot to you. Sometimes that'll work and sometimes it won't. It can backfire. So parents, let's be mindful of the goal. You know, what are we trying to train our children and how are we going to get them to be you know, upstanding citizens, um, responsible adults, people that know when they say something, they should follow through with it. People that have manners, that understand uh, consideration of other people. Kindness, just, um, you know, treating people with kindness, no matter where they are in their lives, be kind, you know, just be kind. I see people that are not kind, uh, and it bothers me so much. And sometimes I speak up to those people, and sometimes I don't. I see parents that I don't believe are are handling their children well, uh, you know, talking, uh, cussing at their kids, their young kids, and cussing at them in the store, you know, and seeing things that are causing their child to feel less than. And it it breaks my heart. And I wonder where that parent grew up and what kind of parenting that child as a parent now uh, grew up with because we we sometimes will do what our what we know we do what we know not what's best but what we know so parents be wise think about the goals what you're trying to teach your children you want them to think on their own because you won't always be there you want them to make good choices not you making them for them but them making them and how do you make that happen Uh, I wasn't going to go down this road today, but for some reason I feel there's listeners that need to hear this. You know, we have Christmas here. We have giving time, and um, there's a big sense of entitlement going on in this world right now. And I think it's important that we understand that we work for what we get. We work for what we get. And the quality of what we do is not for our boss, but shouldn't we always put our hand on something and do the best we can, not for our boss, but for our God? Whatever we do, we do it to the best of our ability. And if we do that, we will be better off. And we should be teaching our children that too. You don't don't get a car. You don't just get a house. You don't just, you know, it's, you need to work for it. I worked for it. I worked for everything I got. Put myself through school. Worked two jobs. Bought my own house. Um, and I, I did that because my parents couldn't afford to do it for me. I always wanted a horse growing up. And I tried to figure out a way to get one. And I came up with all kinds of solutions, but none of them worked out. But now here I am at my age, and I've got a horse. So I do I appreciate it more? I think maybe I do. I think I do. And I think our children appreciate it more and understand life, understand delayed gratification better if we allow them to have delayed gratification. You, you learn it by living it. So parents, don't, don't kill yourself. Don't worry so much about that gift, that big gift that maybe you can't give your child. It's okay. It's okay. If they feel loved and if they feel like, you know, having hot chocolate around a fire, uh, around the Christmas tree, singing Christmas carols, um, man, those are my best memories. How about you? It's like Pumpkin Patch. My, my daughter, she's living out Pumpkin Patch with her kids at Halloween. I mean, she went to the Pumpkin Patch, I think, 10 times. I don't know if it was for her or for her children. I think maybe it was for her, Tiana, with her kids. Um, but, you know, that was just a special time. I made sure that those traditions 
were there every single year. It was something that, that we looked forward to and we did as a family. And even if it was just me with the children, which a lot of times it was, uh, they're still special moments. And so I'm uh, encouraging you parents to stop feeling guilty about what you can't get for your children. Give them your love. Give them your time. Give them the Lord. You know, show them the Lord through your love, through your unconditional love. Um, go to church. Go to church. Sing Christmas carols. It's a wonderful thing. Empowered by God. The holidays can be emotionally draining. Boy, isn't that the truth? This verse encourages us by affirming that our strength is not solely reliant on our abilities. God God empowers us to endure and triumph through his unwavering support. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you feel like you need rest right now? I know I do. What ways can the invitation to come to Jesus and find rest apply to the challenges and burdens people face in today's fast-paced and demanding world? Jesus speaks these words, inviting those burdened by life's challenges to find solace and rest in him. I know some of you right now, you're really going through trial times, and he's there for you, and he can give you rest. During the hectic holiday season, we can find peace by surrendering our burdens to Christ and resting in his love. Jesus extends a compassionate invitation, showing that God cares about our weariness and desires to give us rest. The holiday hustle and bustle, coupled with personal challenges, can weigh heavily on our hearts. Christ's invitation provides solace, assuring us that in him we find rest from life's burdens. During the holiday rush, finding moments of rest may seem challenging. The verse encourages us to intentionally seek Christ, finding peace and reprieve in his presence. Some of you need to hear this, and you need to just take time for yourself. Take time to just breathe, take time to read, take time to rest, and then think about what would bring the most love and joy to the people you're going to come in contact with. We have till January, really, because Christmas is, you know, carried on now that, you know, there's more families involved. You know, it used to be there would be two families in a marriage, but now there could be up to four. So, you know, it's 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 hard to divide yourself up to get to everybody and make it all happen. And it's just more pressure, more pressure to um, appear, to just be present. And when you've got little ones, I, I think of my daughter with her three little ones, my grandkids. Oh, my gosh, they're just so much. They're just so much. They're a handful full of love, full of joy, and just full of life's experiences. Their whole world is in front of them, and they're just everything is exciting to them, and it's just so wonderful to live through their eyes and through their hearts and to, to see their excitement in every little thing. It's just so much fun. Those of you that are not grandparents yet, I know when I wasn't, and I'd hear, hear people say, oh, my gosh, grandparenting is just the greatest of the greatest, and it is the greatest and the greatest. I loved being a mom. I so loved loved being a mom and I still love being a mom. I tell my kids all the time, I'm always going to be your mom. You're always going to be my baby. No matter how old you get, you're going to be my baby. And now they have babies. And I watch my daughter with her, her children. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I used to do that with you. She goes, you did? And I said, yeah, I used to do that. And she sees me doing things with her little ones. And she goes, I do that with them. And I never saw you do it with them. And I said, well, imagine that, Tiana, imagine that. And it's so wonderful to see that, to experience it. 
um, to relive it. And it's from a different perspective, isn't it? Because we're not so rushed as grandparents. Uh, We can have time to just, I don't know, immerse ourselves in the moment. I cannot wait. My daughter's got COVID right now, poor little Tiana and her baby. And so I've been waiting for an entire week to go over and spend time with them. I just cannot wait to go. But I don't want to get sick. And I was told that I should wait till they get better to go over there. So listen, have a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Think about what you can do to impact those you come in contact with in a different way than you've done before. Okay, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's be a little different this year and figure out what we can do. And listen, draw near to the Lord. He will draw near to you as you draw near to him. And you will find that it's very, very wonderful. You will love it. And if you have unforgiveness in your heart, make a choice. Make a choice right here, right now, to forgive those that have trespassed against you. It's not for them. It's for you. And God will meet you right where you are. And you will find that you will be released of this tension, this ball and chain that you feel that's harboring you. And be freed so that you can experience all God has for you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Until next week. Bye-bye. It's that time of the year when... Bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.